You're listening to Earshot from WXXI News. I'm Veronica Volk. This week, an ongoing mental health crisis affecting college students has only been exacerbated by the pandemic. There are children that are not going to school because they can't get the help that they need. Plus, the largest class of New York State forest rangers just graduated, ready to fight fires, patrol state land, and conduct search and rescues. We're medics, we're firefighters, and police. We're a combination of all first responder positions. All that coming up on your local news podcast, Earshot. College students and professors need more mental health resources. That was the big takeaway at a state assembly public hearing last week in Albany. My colleague Noelle Evans looked into this. She found that while the hearing focused on college students' mental health needs, there's no quick fix for a broken system. She has this story. It's been about nine months since the Mental Health Association of New York published a white paper on a serious, sensitive topic. The paper called for a public policy response to an ongoing crisis, a mental health crisis that existed well before the pandemic exacerbated it. We know that with supports, individuals with the most serious mental illness can be successful, live successful lives, complete their schoolwork, and get their degree. But they may need extra supports. That's Anne-Marie Sullivan speaking. She's the commissioner of the New York State Office of Mental Health. The problem, as this public hearing makes clear over the course of five hours, is that robust support isn't accessible for every college student who needs it. According to a study conducted by the National Alliance on Mental Illness, 64% of students who drop out of college do so because of mental health problems. And that same study revealed that 50% of those who dropped out did not go on to access mental health treatment. The current crisis of deficits in mental health care spans generations. Yet she says colleges and universities are uniquely positioned in the potential response to a glaring absence of care. The average age of onset for serious mental illness is 18 to 24. That's the same age as most college students. Students who may need a mental health safety net. Limited funding is one barrier the state assembly identifies to providing enough mental health support for students and faculty. Faculty, too. Remember, this is a crisis that is affecting people of all ages. Here's Assemblymember Aileen Gunther, chair of the State Assembly's Mental Health Committee. We give boatloads of capital money to uh, large industries. We give boatloads of money to things that don't really have an impact on our true community. And you know what? I'm just a little bit sick of it. I'm really sick of it. And the fact of the matter is, are there psychiatric patients? There are kids that are quitting school. There are children that are not going to school because they can't get the help that they need. Another assembly member, Joanne Simon, says the other side of it is stigma and the notion that mental health disabilities are not actual disabilities. In fact, it's the case for years in the counseling center doesn't see students who need counseling as necessarily students with disabilities. There is so much of a prosecutorial notion around requests for accommodations and then the provision of them, and of course the lack of resources. It's just a very ableist approach 
our students with disabilities are actually much bigger population on our campuses than anybody realizes. So what's the state-led, state-funded solution here? Frederick Cole is the union president of United University Professions. He says there are many solutions that all must take place, not just on the state level, in order to be successful in helping more students, professors, and staff attain and maintain mental wellness. I I see it as uh, a cultural transformation that has to take place. From the ideas proposed in the public hearing, that could look like an expansion of mental health counselor positions at SUNY schools across the state. To reach the international accreditation of counseling services goal of one counselor for every 1,000 students. The cost? $7 million. That's it. A pipeline for more diverse candidates in the mental health field that begins in high school. Give them things like um, a a brief internship where they could come and um, see the kind of work you do. Um, Summer summer experiences in the um, social service and mental health field. Peer support groups, training for educators. It's kind of an inexhaustible list. But lawmakers and advocates say it's not entirely a pipe dream if mental health is prioritized in the next state budget. Noelle Evans is the education reporter for WXXI News. Hi, this is Megan Mack from WXXI, and if you're enjoying Earshot, subscribe to our other podcast, Connections with Evan Dawson. Catch up on discussions about current events, arts, politics, and interesting people. Subscribe to Connections with Evan Dawson wherever you find your podcasts. The largest class of New York State forest rangers graduated in the Adirondacks last week. The new rangers grow the force by more than 30% and add more gender diversity, but racial diversity is still lagging. Emily Russell is a reporter for North Country Public Radio. She attended the graduation, which was an emotional event. She has this story. Hundreds of friends and family packed into a Lake Placid ballroom last week. They were there to watch 38 men and women become New York State forest rangers. Two by two, the rangers marched down the middle of the aisle. They're dressed in their dark green uniforms and wearing wide-brimmed hats. Rangers! Present out! This graduation marks the end of more than six months of intensive training, both at the ranger school in Wanakina and at SUNY ESF in Newcomb. For some of these graduates, like Dave Corey, this is a milestone they've been dreaming about for years. When I was younger, I was hiking uh, Mount Colden with my parents, and we were coming up, and on the way down, there was a ranger headed down, and I stopped and looked, and I was like, man, that's got to be the coolest job ever. Corey grew up outside of Albany and now lives in Tupper Lake. This graduating class has rangers from across New York, from Saratoga Springs to Syracuse, from Long Island to Long Lake. One by one, they're called up on stage to get their diplomas. Forest Ranger Audrey Emerson. Forest Ranger Charles Howard. Forest Ranger Aaron Franz. What are you feeling right now watching your son graduate as a Forest Ranger? Very emotional. Very proud of him. Something he's wanted to do all his life. That's Tom Snye from Tupper Lake. His son Nielsen was class president of these Rangers. 
Sny wipes away tears, both of pride, but also of grief. Tom's wife, Nielsen's mom, passed away while he was at the Ranger Academy. Only thing she wanted to ever see him do is graduate. She, she didn't. But she's with me today. She's here. Along with losing his mom, Nielsen also lost his aunt while he was at the academy. I asked him how he was able to get through it all. It wasn't easy. There's no, it's tough, really. Um, The friends and family, the support team I've had, and then the 37 new brothers and sisters I found in the academy, they helped me through this whole, whole process. And I'm very proud of them, and I'm proud of my family to support that we've had everywhere. The hard work, of course, isn't over. These rangers will now be deployed across New York State. They'll be called up for search and rescues, deployed to fight wildfires and patrol state land. Forest rangers wear a lot of hats on the job. We're medics, we're firefighters and police. We're a combination of all first responder positions. That's Allison Rooney. She's from Keene and is one of 10 women graduating today. Rooney volunteered with the Rangers before becoming one herself. She says she's always felt equal to the men and wishes more women would go through the Ranger Academy. The women that came were above and beyond exceptional. And I think that there are far more women who could have showed up to this program but maybe shortchanged themselves. And I think that other women should know that they're absolutely capable of being in this position. Rooney and the other women here add more gender diversity to the force. 21% of the 159 Rangers in New York State are now women. D.C. Commissioner Basil Sagos, who spoke at the graduation, says it's a work in progress. I'm not satisfied with where we are yet, but I'm really encouraged. Governor Kathy Hochul pledged earlier this year to have 30 percent of the state's law enforcement be women by 2030. Sago says he wants to see that goal met for racial diversity, too, which is lagging even farther behind. We need to reflect New York State, and New York State is a very diverse state. And if we're not diverse in our agency, we're less effective. Sago says he'll keep pushing to add more resources and more rangers. This graduating class does grow the force by more than 30 percent. Lawmakers and green groups in the Adirondacks have been advocating for more rangers for years. Rangers themselves have said at times that they're overworked and under-supported. Willie Janeway, who heads the Adirondack Council, says the park will need even more rangers in the future. When we think of threats like climate change and soaring use, having this additional wave of new and more diverse rangers is a great plus. We still have a long way to go, but today we are celebrating this big step forward. Emily Russell is a reporter for North Country Public Radio. Hear and read more of their stuff at northcountrypublicradio.org. And that's it for Earshot. Subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes in your feed every Friday. Find even more local news on our website, wxxinews.org. Music this week from Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. I'm Veronica Volk. Thanks for listening. This program is a production of member-supported WXXI Public Broadcasting, Rochester, New York.